0: Well, dads, we're so happy to celebrate you today, excited for the awesome ways in which God uses you. I'm excited to share the message I have today, reminding us, dads, men, you were made for this. You are living in a time and place where you are going through things that are challenging, whether it's raising your kids, loving your family, providing for your family, whatever it is, you were made for this. And I want you to know that this morning. I hope that you hear that from my heart to yours uh, as we get into this message this morning. But I wanted to share a very familiar passage of Scripture kind of with us about a great dad and what he experienced. We have this synagogue leader, which we'll read about in a second. He's got this terrible situation with his daughter, but he knows what it means to be a man of faith and pursue God. And so in Mark chapter 5, verses 22 to 24, you can read along with me on the screen, on your tablets, your phones, or if you have it memorized, then all that is great. So it says this, a a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived where Jesus was at. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. This is a really dire moment for a dad. Having to know that you're about to lose is a dire moment. I've never experienced it. I know there are people in this room who have. But there's this moment of desperation for this dad where he's kind of clinging to this idea, I've got nothing left to hope for. My only hope is Jesus. And and can I just speak to this for a second? I I think that for a lot of men in the world that we're in today, we've come up in this idea of self-sufficiency. Like we're supposed to be strong enough and smart enough and whatever enough to do it on our own. That's not your fault. You were culturally conditioned that way. Can I confess something to you? I've been watching way too many John Wayne movies lately. So if you see me walking across the stage like... It's not my fault, it's just culturally being pushed into me. I'm driving my family nuts with it because Amazon Prime has like every single John Wayne movie that was ever made. And so my wife and kids keep coming in, and they go, Oh my gosh, John Wayne again? But 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 I've been watching it. But here's the thing, it's it's the John Wayne mentality. You're supposed to be self-sufficient. You're supposed to be the man's man. You're supposed to be tough. Nobody tells you what to do. You do it on your own. You do it by the sweat of your brow. You do it however it needs to be done. But but there's something else that we as men need to understand. God has called us to have reliance on him. That it's not as a last resort because, man, let's just be honest. Sometimes we do everything we can in our own strength. And when that has been fully depleted, we tell ourselves, I guess I got to turn to Jesus. I guess I got to turn to Jesus. And that's where this dad was at. He's like, I got nothing else left. Listen, being a synagogue leader, I don't want us to miss this this morning. Being a leader of the synagogue, when he went and knelt at the feet of Jesus, he threw everything away. He was never going to be allowed to be a synagogue leader ever again after that. Because the synagogue leaders were Jewish. They didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. By him going out and kneeling down before Jesus and begging for mercy, he was publicly blackballing himself from ever going back into the synagogue and being a priest ever again. But he said, I don't care because my hope is in Jesus. This man is in a desperate situation. And guys, I just want to speak to this this morning. I know there are a lot of things in this world that seem desperate to us. I know I talk to dads all the time. They hope that their kids are going to grow up to love Jesus. And they watch kids who grow up and walk away from faith in God, who walk away from the church for whatever reason, and they feel hopeless. Can I remind you this morning your hope is in Jesus? You don't have to, by your own strength, by your own wit, by your own talents, Win the world, save your family, or do any of those things—you were made to put your hope in Jesus. And so this dad goes, and he falls down, and he says, "I don't care who sees me. I don't care what they think about me. None of that matters. What matters—the only thing in the world that matters to me—is saving my daughter." And so he falls down on his feet, and Jesus says, "Okay, I'll go with you." Now something else happens right after this that maybe you've heard before—the healing of the woman who had the issue with blood. I'm not going to read it, we'll just summarize it real quick. It tells us there's this big crowd around Jesus, and they start to go, and as they're going, I mean, picture Jairus, he's an anxious dad, come on, come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus. Like, picture how you are sometimes when you want your spouse to stop talking after church so you can go home. Right? Some of you can testify, Ben. Um, And and you, you know, you're kind of standing at the back trying to give the hint, like you're as close to the door as you can get, like... I'm going to pull the car around. It's going to be right outside of this door. Here. Now. Like, I see some of y'all do that. You're like, how can my husband keep talking so long? How can my wife keep talking so long? Listen, this is the kind of impatience that Jairus has in this moment. Like, Jesus is walking with him. He's like, come come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Well, in the midst of this, in the middle of this crowd, this woman reaches out. She's been sick for over 10 years. And she reaches out and she touches the hem of Jesus' robe. And Jesus, immediately sensing that power has gone from him, looks and says, this is a teachable moment. Because Jesus knows everything, but he asks a random question. Who touched me? And the disciples are like, Jesus, there's like 600 people around us. How are we supposed to know who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And he looks at me and he says, No, someone touched me. And Jairus has to be sidelined for a second. This dad, right? This, this dad who is in distress, who has given up everything to come after Jesus, who has just totally ended his career, his way of life, and done everything. He is standing there, and Jesus says, "Uh, Jairus, just go wait over there a second. I, I need to deal with this, right? And he goes over and he talks to this woman. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. You are healed in Jesus. And Jairus is over here going, yep, she's healed. Yep, she's healed. Let's go. Come on. She's good. Let's go. Come on, Jesus. And then we read this in verses 35 through 36. While he was still speaking to her, while Jesus was still speaking to this woman, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, former leader at this point. He told him, your daughter is dead and there's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Don't be afraid, just have faith. There are times in life that they really shock us, right? Can you just kind of picture this dad's hurt for a moment? I did it. I ran to Jesus. I gave up everything to run to Jesus. I fell at his feet and I begged him, and he said he was going to help me, but he stopped and somebody else got the blessing and I didn't. Somebody else got the blessing and I I lost everything. And Jesus looks at him compassionately and he says, son, please don't give up. Please don't give up. Man, can I challenge you with this to make this statement part of your lives? I will not give up on Jesus. Regardless of the outcome, regardless of what it looks like with our physical eyes, regardless of the things that we face. And listen, I'm not saying that flippantly because there are people within this room who have faced some terrible things in their lives dad's going to tell you don't give up on jesus don't give up on jesus because the world still needs men of god who are going to stand in the gap and believe by faith that god is still the miracle working god that he's always been that god is still the giver of good gifts that god is still the savior of the world that god is still good we said earlier, sometimes you got to faith it till you make it, and this man is standing there in this position. And it's just like, what's the point? But Jesus says, Jairus, don't give up. I'm going to come home with you." And I, and I want us to kind of see what this looks like because when they get to the house, the daughter has already passed. And there's people in the house and they're crying and they're 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 mourning. And and if you know if you've ever studied kind of ancient Israel and the way they they did mourning, it was not like the quiet scene in a funeral home that you've ever been to. Everybody's just kind of like being really cautious. And (laughs) it is as many people as can going, oh! And wailing as loud as they can. Because this is the way that they show their love for the one that they've lost. It's a house full of people yelling at the top of their lungs in absolute sorrow. And Jesus walks into that house among all of these wailing people. And he walks in and he says to them, why are you mourning? Why are you crying? This daughter has only gone to sleep. And then we read this in verses 40 to 42. Jesus says this, and this is what we read. The crowd laughed at him. They laughed at him. What is wrong with this guy? He's a fool. But Jesus is doing something that nobody else sees here. So he made them leave. He took the girl's father and mother, his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying and holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. I've said this to my son before too to irritate him, but it's different. He doesn't speak Hebrew. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. They were totally amazed. You know, I think that there are a couple of things that I I hope for us as dads, men of God, that I want us to look at this morning. Jairus had to walk in a very short span of time through the emotions, the trauma, the brokenness, and the loss of both losing while pursuing Jesus and winning while pursuing Jesus. And both happen. Can, Can we just be honest for a second? Both happen. I would love to say that every single time we ask God for something, it's done. There's a book called The Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. And in that book, he says this line, I love it. He said, only in a world where faith is difficult could faith even be possible. Because if if we got everything we wanted from God, all we would do is just go kneel. It'd be like, here's what you do. You kneel right here, you rub your hands together, and God the genie pops up and you just tell him what you want and he gives it to you. And if it worked that way, it would never require faith. Because it would just be, well, all you have to do is do this and you get what you want. But the fact is that sometimes when we pursue God, we don't get what we want. Anybody ever been there? You're begging God and pursuing God, you didn't get what you wanted? Jairus was there. He had to, Not only did he not get what he wanted, but he had to sit there and watch somebody else who did get what they want from God. Imagine that brokenness. Then God says, "It's okay, Jairus, just trust me." And in, a, in a, just a span of, I mean we don't know how far of a walk it was back to Jairus' house, but in a span of a short period of time, Jairus goes from I've lost everything and I watched somebody else get the blessing while I was failed by God to walking into his home and seeing that bringing Jesus into his home changed everything. And men, can I can I just pause there for a second? There are a lot of things that you can bring into your home. There are a lot of passions you can bring into your home. You can bring in your passion for football, baseball, softball, soccer, hunting, fishing, John Wayne. raising my boy right, that's all. You can bring in your passion for politics. You can bring in your passions for all kinds of different things. But there is one thing that will change your family, and that's the decision to say, I will bring Jesus home. I'm gonna bring Jesus into my home. You know, I've been kind of perusing through a series called Sticky Faith uh, over the last couple of months. And this idea that, you know, looking at why do some teenagers grow up to have faith in God, and others kind of turn and walk away from God. Because, I don't know if you know this, but statistically, there is this huge drop-off where nearly 80% of kids between the ages of 18 and 25 walk away from faith. Kids that were even like in good youth groups and had great ministry and great friends, 50% of those walk away from faith between the ages of 18 and 25. Do you know what they have found is the number one thing that changes that? Parents of faith. When God is not just something we do, but it's who we are. When God is part of our conversations at home, part of our decision making, part of the way that we process life, when our kids see that we're living for Jesus not just on Sunday but on Tuesday afternoon and on Friday morning and on Sunday night and Saturday night and Friday night and, and hold on, let's go a little bit deeper. When I'm watching TV and when I'm on the internet and when I'm talking to my friends and when I'm, all of these things, it's that which makes a difference in the lives of the next generation. Church, can I beg of you to bring Jesus home bring Jesus home you don't have to be a Bible scholar you don't have to have the Bible memorized can I confess to you as your pastor I have yet to memorize the entire Bible please forgive me you don't have to do those things you were made to be the priest of your home who leads your family to love and serve Jesus I'm going to embarrass a few dads here today I didn't ask them their permission because they might have said no. I was at Summer Blast on Monday night and I was standing back by that door and I looked over to this door over here and this is what I saw. The picture on the screen, these five dads. And I was just so moved by this. Can I I tell you, I'm just going to say this selfishly, not as a pastor, trying not to get choked up here, Not as a pastor, but as a dad. I so appreciate that my son can see men of God. I so appreciate that there are real men willing to stand up and say, you can be a man and love Jesus. It is heroic, men for us to serve God these were not the only men who were here this week we had 25 men in this church can I tell you I've been in ministry for 20 years now and that might, that's nothing compared to some others in this room but in 20 years of ministry I've never done a kids outreach where there were that many men who said I'm going in for them it's always been I mean let's just be honest guys our, our threshold of tolerance for children ends with our own Sometimes it's not even that far. I'm going to be in the garage. I'll be in the garage. Call me when it's supper time. But men of God who stand up and say, I'm bringing Jesus home. I'm bringing Jesus into my church. I'm bringing Jesus into my community. I'm bringing Jesus into my workplace. I'm going to give up an entire week of my nights so that I can go show some kids that I don't even know. And let's take it a step further. Kids who may not have a dad in their lives, who've never had someone place enough value on them to say, son, you matter. They stood up and they said, I'm going to take Jesus to that boy. I'm going to take Jesus to that girl. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a man of God for these kids. Church, I'm so moved by that this week, seeing all of these men. And I'm not putting you ladies down. You've been carrying the torch for a long time. You've been doing it for a long time, stepping up and doing what needs to be done. I'm telling you, I don't know that the last 30 years of church history would have happened without some of the great women of God who have stood up and led the way. But man, when I see men of God like this standing up, can I tell you, there is a fire that ignites in my heart and a hope for the future that I haven't had in a long time. Men, dads, please hear me. Keep bringing Jesus home. Keep bringing Jesus home. Keep showing up at your church and loving kids that aren't yours for Jesus. Keep going into your workplace and being Jesus. Keep everything that you're doing be Jesus because that's what transforms the world around us it's not your passion for sports it's not your passion for politics it's not your passion for hunting and fishing or what changes lives is when people of God get so serious about living for God that they don't care who it sees and it just pours out of them everywhere they go and church I believe with all my heart that because of the faithfulness of 90 plus people this week that there is a group of over 300 kids who went home feeling like they meant something to Jesus I will bring Jesus home to my family I will bring Jesus home to my church in my conversations in my interactions in my attitudes in my decisions in my brokenness I will bring Jesus home Man, I want to ask you to join me. Join me in that effort. Because that's what it takes to change a generation for Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that you gave everything of yourself so that we could know you. And God, I thank you for the men who were a part of Summer Blast this week, I thank you for their godly example. I thank you for their willingness to step outside of what's comfortable, what comes natural, to just stand in the gap and say, I want to be Jesus for those who need Jesus. God, I thank you that you're challenging them to bring you home to their families. And I pray that as they continue to do that, Lord, that you will show up in faithfulness. And just as you move miraculously in the home of Jairus, I pray that you will move miraculously in the homes, and the hearts, and the marriages, in the relationships of these men of God who have made a decision to say, I'm chasing after Jesus like he's my only hope. And I'm going to bring him home like he's the real thing that matters. And I'm not going to just act like faith is part of my life. I'm going to live every day for Jesus. God, I pray that as we do that, that we might see a generation saved for your glory. God, I pray that you would put it in us once again. We've been told for too long that to be a man of God is to be a wimp. Lord, we're taking it back. Real men of courage are real men of faith. And real men of faith walk with God. And so, Lord, I pray that you will encourage our dads, encourage our young men, those who aren't even fathers or have not fathers yet or who are grandfathers. Lord, would you raise them up with encouragement that there is an entire generation out there that doesn't have a dad, that they can step in and say, I will show value to this child because Jesus gave value to me. Lord, we just make the commitment before you. We're going to bring you home. We're going to make you a part of everything that we do. And We thank You, God, for Your goodness. God, I pray a blessing over our dads. I pray that You will bless them as they love their families. Maybe not with the perfection that they hoped they could, but their willingness to just keep doing it time and time again. Bless them, God. We thank You, Lord, and we give You glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Men, go out and live for Jesus. Ladies, keep cheering on those men of God in your lives. Keep living for Jesus, for your family. Men, we have uh, donuts for you on the way out because donut starts with a D and dad starts with a D. That's the only reason why. But if you are on your way out, we have donuts to give you. Our prayer team will be up here at the front. And uh, Pastor Mike and his family are in the cafe and would love to meet with you uh, before you go out today. But Lord, bless you. Love on each other and encourage each other in the love of Jesus.